Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, Bartenders! Go, Food Needs Refill! Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A new dawn in college football? This weekend, the gates open. There are so many teams that have a chance to break up some tradition. The tradition I'm speaking of, the tradition of teams, the same teams, predominantly hovering around the college football playoff. This weekend, this can get broken up a little bit. So we're going to tell you, if you if you're tired, I'm tired of Alabama and Georgia and the same old teams. All right, here you go. Here's your chance. Now, not saying that your rooting interest is going to swing that pendulum one way or another, but I'm going to tell you, here's, here's the chance. Here's the weekend that this could bust open and things could be a little bit different. So we're going to look into that. Also, speaking of college, new era for the NIL. Don't worry. Never fear. Tommy Tuberville of Alabama and Joe Manchin of West Virginia are here. They've apparently done some research and they've got a plan. They've got a plan. Do you notice Congress didn't need to get involved ever with boosters and we had illegal money going around for 40, 50 years in college football. But the minute the athletes started making their own money, we've got a problem. This is a crock, and there's one way you can start to solve this. Actually, I'm going to give you three or four things. You don't need a gigantic investigation and gigantic laws coming out of D.C. There's a couple ways to fix this. Look at that. And also, Dan's last stand, Dan Snyder, going to spill some tea. All over the National Football League. Oh, he's got dirt on everyone. Why, if you're the NFL and you want him gone, doesn't matter what dirt he has on you. Really doesn't. Whatever Dan Snyder has on the NFL doesn't matter. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. Unless you have guys gambling and throwing games. Everything else is okay. It is. Corruption. Cheating. Fine. Unless people were throwing games, everything else is pretty much cool. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Okay, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports, Twitter at Harp on Sports, Instagram, Auditory Route, Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. What are you wearing the Tennessee shirt for? Because it's part of my opening soliloquy, if you will. People like to complain about how they're tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I get it. I get it. However, if I gave you 10 bucks, told you to go get you something to eat, chances are you're going to go to your favorite fast food place that you go to more than any other. Everybody's tired of the same old, same old, but they consume the same old, same old. It's true. That's why you had cookie cutter shows on TV for years and years. That's why people love crime drama. That's why there's 16 laws and order, law and orders. That's why true crime, crime detective, oh my gosh, this is great forensic evidence. It's all the same stuff. You keep watching it, they keep producing it. So that's kind of one of those things I believe it when I see it. People are like, oh, man, I love a New York Yankees Mets World Series. And then we had the Subway Series and nobody watched it. It's the way it works. When I was a kid, Oakland, San Francisco, Bay World Series. Awesome. Whoops. Oh, I love it. SEC versus SEC National Championship game. It's awesome. The only people who want that are honks in the SEC. You want a little bit different, right? You know, the World Series this year, people, I want it different. I want it different. Okay, if I put the Dodgers and the Yankees right in right now, it would be great. If you threw out the Mariners and the Padres, it would be a disaster. So that's one of those I believe it when I see it type of things. I told you guys a long time ago, I never listen to what people say. I watch what you do. Again, you tell me you respect me. 
and you go talk about me behind my back. Doesn't matter what you say, it matters what you do. So I look at this, and this is the truth. This weekend could be a gigantic upheaval. Now, the likelihood of these things all happening, none, none. But there's a potential here for a couple batons to be passed and passed in a different way. Why? Well, because in the Southeastern Conference, we got a new boy that hadn't been around for 15 years. It's been 15 years since Tennessee played an SEC championship game. Are they there yet? No. But if Tennessee dumps Alabama in Knoxville, all of a sudden Tennessee looks at the Georgia game and says, we win that one, we're probably going to go to Atlanta. Wow. Wow. And all of a sudden, if Alabama's got a loss, you're a school like Ole Miss and you look around and go, man, we dump Alabama, we're going to go to this thing. Tennessee will control its own destiny. Alabama will still control its own destiny. And they'll be there about four or five schools then at that point in the SEC that will, quote-unquote, control their own destiny. Who will they be? They'll be Mississippi State. They'll be Mississippi. They'll be Alabama. And in the East, it's Tennessee and Georgia. But look, what I'm saying is with a win this weekend, Tennessee over Alabama, it opens the possibility that, boy, if Tennessee can beat Georgia, we may have a Tennessee Ole Miss SEC championship game? You want the changing of the guard? That's what you root for, isn't it? You know, Missouri was in there a couple years before we had the college football playoff, and, you know, it was different, but seemingly the last seven years, six years, what do we have? We've had a steady diet of Georgia and a steady diet of Florida. Actually, now that I think about it, since Missouri went eight years ago, have we had anybody other than Florida and Georgia in that thing? Haven't had Kentucky. Haven't had South Carolina. Sure, haven't had Vanderbilt. Haven't had Mizzou. Like, oh, at least over in the East or over in the West, you've gotten what? You've gotten Alabama. You've gotten Auburn. You got LSU. You got some different blood. You got three as opposed to two. So the last eight years, those five teams have cycled through, right? A Tennessee win opens up the floodgate. So I wrote down a bunch of matchups this weekend that if you're serious, if, if, if we are a new era in college football, this is what you should look for. You should root for. Tennessee, you should root for TCU, you should root for Syracuse, and then Utah-USC, you should root for USC. Why? Because you can have a USC-UCLA matchup there at the end. When's the last time USC was in this thing? You know when the last time USC was a legitimate national title contender? It's been 15 years. It's been 15 years since Southern Cal poked around in this thing. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. So when we talk about new blood... And all we're talking about is, oh, like Alabama's beaten Tennessee 16 straight times or whatever it is up to now, right? Guess what? Southern Cal hasn't been relevant in the national championship hunt since then. The same people, the same, you know, you. I think it was Eric Ainge that was talking about this from Tennessee, that he has a 12-year-old son, and he's the last quarterback to beat Bama at Tennessee. It's like, wow, that was a long time ago, a 12-year-old. It's how long it's been. High school sophomores that Tennessee's recruiting weren't alive the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. Same thing with Southern Cal. High school seniors don't remember Texas and USC. Ask them. They don't. No, they don't remember. That's 05. That's 17 years ago. High school seniors don't remember that. There were one, if that. So take some stock in this. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's this is a weekend's a chance. But Alabama's a seven-point favorite on the road. I got Penn State at Michigan. Boy, if you really want to see things different, you want Penn State to win, don't you? Then Penn State-Ohio State becomes an elimination game. What about the other side? you got Illinois and Minnesota this weekend. Either of those teams are fine, but just for argument's sake, you want Illinois to win. 
What would an undefeated Illinois versus an undefeated Penn State be like? Oh, no idea. You want Syracuse to keep winning, right? Why? Because the ACC's a snake this year. The Atlantic and the Coastal and how it's set up, you could have a possibility. Now, the Coastal's just awful. But the Atlantic could give you Syracuse. You're rooting like crazy. Syracuse beats Clemson. You could have a Syracuse-North Carolina championship in the ACC. Now, are these things going to happen? No, I'm, I'm giving you fables and tales. And we all if this happens, if this happens, I hate that stuff. But I'm telling you, this weekend, you're going to see if anything's going to be different. Really. Because if Tennessee gets beat by Alabama, Clemson goes out and takes care of business, NC State knocks off Syracuse, you want those fringe teams to be undefeated as long as possible. They lose now, well, then they need to run the table. That stuff's not going to happen. But if you have undefeated USC and undefeated UCLA hooking up the last week of the year, good gracious. Boy, that's different. And the way the Pac-12 set up this year, those two teams turn right around and play each other again. Well, that would be different, wouldn't it? Imagine undefeated USC, undefeated UCLA. USC beats them. Now they one's undefeated, one's got a loss. USC loses to Notre Dame. Now they both have one loss. I, I just think of all the fun and the chaos you could have down the stretch here. Is it truly going to be different? I don't think so. I think Tennessee's going to get beat by Alabama, and I think Michigan's going to beat Penn State. But what I'm telling you is this, the, this is the best opportunity I've seen in a long time for change to actually occur. It's the best opportunity we've seen in a long time. Illinois is undefeated. Syracuse is undefeated. Kansas has one loss. TCU's undefeated. UCLA's undefeated. All this change that everybody wants, here's your chance. Here's a chance. This weekend's the opportunity. They used to call these things like Separation Saturday. It is possible. These, I put out here in your bizarro world, these are potential conference championship games. And I'm not saying anything ridiculous. I'm giving you undefeated teams or teams leading their division right now. Halfway through the year, potential championship games, Ole Miss, Tennessee, both undefeated Syracuse, North Carolina, North Carolina has got a loss undefeated in the conference. Syracuse is unbeaten. TCU is unbeaten. Kansas has a loss. They've already played each other, right? A rematch. Cause the way the big 12s, it's a snake. Everybody's got to play each other. So, you're not going to have undefeated teams squaring off. Uh, I put USC, UCLA, and then the Big Ten would be Penn State versus Illinois. Those things are all an undefeated Penn State and undefeated Illinois. No, that's going to happen. No, but I'm giving you the bizarro world. You People say, I want to see something different. You have the pop- possibility of Mississippi State, Tennessee, Syracuse, North Carolina, TCU, Kansas, USC, UCLA, Penn State, Illinois. You want that? Be a disaster, ratings-wise. I love it. And nobody would consume it. Everybody loves upsets in college basketball, but when the 15 seed wins, you don't watch them in the next round. You don't. You watch Duke. Watch North Carolina. That's how we consume things. So we'll see. Um, NIL New Deal wanted to pivot into this. I, you know, there's a simple solution to this. Joe Manchin, you know, college presidents and athletic directors, coaches start begging Congress to get involved. You know, for years and years, it wasn't a problem when school here was illegally paying school here. Everybody just ragged on the NCAA and complained about the NCAA. I've always said the NCAA gets a raw deal. Probably the NCAA said, you guys go sit on it. You figure it out yourself. And the NCAA has stayed out of the NIL business. For the most part, they're like, no, 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 you, whatever. You guys figure this out on your own. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Congress, help us. But college presidents and ADs squirm. Just, ugh. When it comes to this, just so corrupt. If you had a college football commissioner, 
things could be a little bit different. But there's no white school presidents and athletic directors want a commissioner. Why? So that commissioner has authority and snoop out and sniff out your dirty. No, they don't want it. Nobody wants a boss that's if you're dirty, you don't want a boss that looks through things. If you're dirty, you want a boss that leaves you alone or no boss at all. So I start to look at this and this is what I come up with. If, you know, Joe Manchin and Tommy Tuberville have got this figured out, and I just want, I wrote some stuff down on this. Um, a lot of suggestions are from the athletic departments and things of this nature. It's, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to have a curb on how much each collective can pay, or, or we need to get rid of collectives, and we, oh my gosh. Basically, college football is saying, hey man, these kids are getting paid and it's all out in the open. Let's get rid of that and go back into the closet with it. It's dirty. And then, look, there's, there's a simple solution to this. Universities name their college athletes employees. Everything is collectively bargained out in the open, and you're good to go. The schools sit down. The athletes sit down and go, okay, we want 20% of the revenue that comes in from football. The athletic department says, sure, good, here we go. Boom, sign, stamp, deal. Everybody gets paid, and your name, image, and likeness is what you want. Athletic directors and presidents from the middle of the pack the big, big head and boys don't care. Texas doesn't care. Alabama, well, Alabama cares about what A&M did, right? All these poor, poor, really rich people. Again, I've said this time and time again. What this is like is somebody with an iPhone 12 complaining about somebody with their iPhone 13 or somebody with a 2021 Bentley complaining about somebody's 2022 Bentley. Sorry, no sympathy here. But what's going on here is these collectives, these collectives are dirty. Of course they're dirty. And they're prying athletes away and getting them to come play for money. Of course they're doing this stuff. We need to investigate. Why? We're going to put a cap on this. Fine. Turn all the athletes into employees. You pay them a wage. Everything is transparent. You notice how these universities had the opportunity to make their NIL money? Nick Saban's Alabama program. You had the opportunity to make your NIL money available. What, what did we pay everybody? Was there, well, these collectives had a chance. What'd they say? No, nope. Congress fixed this. Nope. We're not making this public. You have to salary cap it. You make the athletes public and that's just it. And here's another way around it. You ready for this? This is kind of, eh. you can't sign a collective deal an NIL deal until you're a sophomore. What? They have a chance to earn. You do. If you want to, well, we're going to get sued. Then let them sue you. You either pay them or you put something like that in play. You cannot sign a collective deal. You cannot be in the NIL until you are a sophomore. Then you're committing to a school and you're sitting around for a year. But at least at that point, you may not be committing for that NIL deal. Well, this guy's transferring because of the NIL deal. Okay. Then at that point, what do you do? Well, here's where it gets tricky because guys can leave at a drop of a hat. If you sign an NIL deal with the team, you cannot leave that team for two years. That's how you keep everybody from bouncing around, but they're using the NIL deals to get the guys. There's no very simple, there's no simple answer to this, except what simple answer. To this is a cap. Each school has a maximum amount they can spend, but why on earth are the Texas? This is where the middle of the pack schools have to pony up with the bottom of the pack and go after the big boys. But if I'm a big conference, if I'm the sec, why on earth do I want to cap with Alabama and Texas and Texas? Why do I want to cap that? It's in my benefit that those schools are good and get the best players. But you're Alabama, it does you no good to have Kentucky and Missouri good. Conflict of interest across the board. So Joe Manchin and Tommy Tuberville getting involved with this, it's just worse. It's just so funny that these athletes start making money, and now it's a problem. <laughs> Crooks, man. All right, what to wrap with this. Uh, Dan Snyder, Dan's last stand. He's got dirt. Dan Snyder has had all sorts of controversies in Washington, right? 
from the team name that he refused to change to, you know, sexual harassment allegations to now stories of him paying private investigators to dig dirt up on other owners and the commissioner in case they kick him out of the league so he can unveil all that dirt. Here's the thing about the National Football League. It's too big to fail. If you want him out, kick him out. The NFL had a football player last year that was going 100 miles an hour drunk and killed somebody. Until I just mentioned Henry Ruggs, you forgot about it, didn't you? Ray Carruth hired a hitman to kill his pregnant girlfriend. The NFL survived. The former president of the United States blitzed the National Football League because a guy committed no crime but took a knee during the National Anthem. The ratings dropped 4% that year. Twelve months later, they were right back where they were. You have football players that are accused of sexual assault that families bring their kids to get those players' autographs. Yeah. There have been football players charged with murder. Mm. The New England Patriots videotaped a team's practice and used it to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Teams have been caught pumping in crowd noise through their speakers into the stadium to make it louder. Mm. One team deflated a bunch of footballs. Mm. Teams have spied. Teams have cheated. Teams have done all sorts of things. Teams have tampered. Fans don't care. NFL football players get nailed for substance abuse violations far more than baseball players. But steroids and PEDs are a problem in baseball and football. It's just the way of it. Football's the supermodel pretty girl. She gets away with whatever she wants. So you look at Dan Snyder from the National Football League. I look around and go, okay. The only thing the NFL couldn't survive if it came out would be a scandal in which they rigged games. It came out that, hey, the NFL, because this was a big rumor, right, that the Rams and Jeff Fisher were enticed to draft Michael Sam, and the NFL did them favors. That would, People wouldn't, whatever. It'd blow over in a week. If that, if that. You had a guy that decked his fiance in an elevator. Roger Goodell, what do you do? People shook his finger. You have roughing the passer calls that are, <laughs> players aren't even landing on the quarterback. Yeah, still consuming it. The NFL is too big to fail. So this Dan Snyder stuff, he's got dirt. I want it all out. I want the NFL to kick him out because he's a terrible And what he's done there, and he's hurt the other team's best in, vested interest. Why? Because they need a new stadium. He pisses off all the people in the in the, uh, in the the district so they can't build a new stadium because everybody's mad at him. Thus, the financial really get to come in the way it needs to come in with the new stadium. So he's just talking everybody over at the end of the day. And the NFL's looking around going, you're costing us money. And then, bye. That's why I always tell people in Jacksonville, you don't build a new stadium down there, do something new. They're going to force you out. They're going to. Just like Major League Baseball's looking around at the Reds going, it's time you better push. So Dan Snyder released all the dirt. Everyone's like, Dan Snyder's like, Al Davis, no, he's not. Al Davis wanted to move his team. The NFL blocked him from moving his team. He sued the NFL. Al Davis had a point. Al Davis and the Raiders weren't cheating. Al Davis wanted to run his business the way he wanted to run it, but not illegally. Dan Snyder's team is accused of crimes. Al Davis and the Raiders were accused of what? You can't do that. We don't want you to do that. That's not, no. It's in the NFL's best interest to boot Dan Snyder. I hope he spills his tea everywhere, all over the place. NFL's so much better when there's more off-the-field drama. Well, Roger Goodell did this, they did this, as long as they weren't fixing games. You don't care. And even if they did that, I'm not sure you'd even care then. Maybe a little. 
Harpod Sports, The Bar, Podcast Media, Audio, Radio Network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Twitter, at Instagram, Harpon Sports, at Harpon Sports on both of those factions. Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports, The Bar, Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends. <laughs>